Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may tune in. This is Minister Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and welcome. Thank you for joining me. May the Lord richly bless you. Today is my prayer, and I pray that this message will be a blessing to you. We're going to be in our Yeshua, Son of David, exploring Matthew's gospel study today. In lesson 16, we're going to talk about the provider. We have just talked about how Jesus tells us our investments matter in this life and how to invest in heaven by investing our time, talents, and treasures in other people and in the lives of people for the kingdom of God, for godliness sake, for the Lord's name's sake. And so now Matthew continues to show us Jesus as the Messiah, the son of David, promised of old. In this great rabbi's teachings, the Sermon on the Mount we're still in, he continues to encourage us in the ways of the Lord and helps us understand God's word and the God of his word. We see it again in this part of the Sermon on the Mount. So today we're going to finish Matthew chapter 6 and we're going to begin the reading in verse 22 where we left off. In verse 22 of Matthew 6 it says this, beginning there, The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own troubles. Notice here how the connection is. He's telling us in verses 19 through 21 that we looked at last time about investing in other people. And that will take time, talents, and treasures. It will take what we have. And we have time, talents, and treasures. Depends on how we use those resources. And then he goes into telling us about this lamp of the body being the eye 
And then he goes to speaking about serving one master, whether it be God or mammon. And then he tells us about worrying and not worrying and the benefit of not worrying. His instruction to us, do not worry. So let's consider these things in that order. In verse 22 through 23 here, he spoke about the lamp of the body being the eye. I want us to look also at Luke chapter 11, where Luke's gospel records this as well. And I want us to see a few things here. In Luke chapter 11, verse 29, beginning there, it says this, And while the crowds were thickly gathered together, he began to say, This is an evil generation. It seeks a sign, and no sign will be given to it except the sign of Jonah the prophet. For as Jonah became a sign to the Ninevites, so also the Son of Man will be to this generation. The Queen of the South will rise up in the judgment with the men of this generation and condemn them. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon, and indeed a greater than Solomon is here. The men of Nineveh will rise up in the judgment with this generation and condemn it, for they repented at the preaching of Jonah. And indeed, a greater than Jonah is here. No one, when he has lit a lamp, puts it in a secret place or under a basket, but on a lampstand that those who come in may see the light. The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, when your eye is good, your whole body also is full of light. But when your eye is bad, your body also is full of darkness. Therefore, Take heed that the light which is in you is not darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, the whole body will be full of light, as when the bright shining of a lamp gives you light. So here we see more about this not seeking a sign and about the lamp of the body being good. Jesus is saying here, that this evil generation are those who are out seeking some sign. But he says the Lord himself will be a sign to that generation, just like Jonah was. In other words, he will make it clearly evident. And here he's talking about the lamp of our bodies and being careful that ours is good. That is telling us about the importance of guarding our own hearts. In Proverbs, the Bible says to guard your heart with all diligence. Why? Because out of it are the issues of life. Out of your heart is where you speak. Out of your heart is what you think on. You dwell on those things. And so Jesus is teaching us here to guard our heart. Why? Because it will be what the lamp of the body processes and brings to pass in our lives. Guard your heart through the gateways to our heart. What are the gateways? Our eyes, what we see and take in. Our ears, what we hear and take in. And our senses, what we allow and take in through our various senses. He tells us here to ensure that what we allow in is light, right, righteousness, good things, godly things, the things of the Lord, the things of the word of God. 
so that our lamp of our body, our eye will be full of good light, and then we can shine to others. In Matthew chapter 6, our text today, in verse 24, he speaks then about choosing your master. It's all tied together, the whole Sermon on the Mount. He is speaking now about choosing your master. And he says, no one, no person anywhere can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So here he is identifying who the masters are that every person must serve or must choose which they will serve. Everybody will serve someone, even if you think you're serving yourself or money. You're really serving in the ways of the devil. You've made yourself an enemy to God, according to what James tells us. Or you can choose to serve God. The difference is your choice. It's your individual choice. It's interesting in the context of the lamp of the body that he's speaking about this, your choice, what you are allowing in, what you are feeding on. I remember years ago, I used to enjoy some oldies type of music. The the years that I grew up in, the music of that day. And I remember incorporating that. I was a Christian. I was a believer. But I remember incorporating that into my day. And a lot of times I would choose to listen to those songs or to those words. And I remember having trouble in my mind and so forth, just battling more things of the flesh and I remember asking the Lord about that. And I believe that the Spirit of the Lord reminded me and led me to understand whoever you individually feed will be the stronger man or woman, so to speak, in your life. Whatever you're feeding on, if you are feeding on those things that will feed your flesh, you will have more trouble. If you are feeding on and allowing in those things that will feed your spirit man, the Bible calls it, that spirit man inside of you that is in love with the Lord, that that is growing in the Lord between you and God, that part of you that is in love with the Lord, that part of you that, that feeds on the word of God, that is in communion with the Lord, that part of you that is growing in the Lord. If you feed your spirit man, so to speak. But the Lord reminded me, whoever you feed will be the stronger inside of you. So you can choose to feed your flesh or you can choose to feed the things of God into your spirit, into your mind, into your heart. The temptation is that you pursue money or security in this world. So Jesus here is clarifying the two that you're choosing between here is God serving God or serving money because you will serve someone and it's dependent on what you are allowing in, who you have chosen to follow and who you choose on a daily basis to obey and to feed upon and to take in. The temptation would be to pursue money or security in this world. We are living definitely in uncertain times. And all of us have some degree of uncertain provisions in this world, uncertain employment, 
uncertain pricing and prices for food and other things. There are lots of uncertainties in this world. And so Jesus is beginning to speak to those and will continue through the end of this chapter. He's beginning to speak to those things. You can pursue securing those things for your life through money, serving money instead of God. However, you will not succeed. It will be vain and useless. Read the book of Ecclesiastes also. and You will see Solomon's wisdom about that. But Jesus is teaching us here, each person cannot serve both together as masters. This Greek word for master is kurios. And if you're familiar with the Greek language at all, you know that that is also translated as the word Lord. It means Lord or sovereign, someone who has supreme authority, the controller, the one to whom a person belongs and the one who has power to control that person. It is the same Greek word used for Jesus. When the scriptures say the Lord Jesus or the Lord Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 2 verse 36 tells us that God has made Jesus both Lord and Christ or Messiah. Both Lord and Christ or Messiah. The Bible tells us in Philippians chapter 2 that every knee will bow and declare in one day that Jesus is Lord. You, my friend, will do that. You can do it right now. You can choose to make him Lord of your life. You can choose to receive him and honor him and let him be the Lord of your life. You can choose to become a bondservant or a slave to him now, or you will do it at a coming point later. I choose to bow now. But Jesus is both Lord and Christ. God has made him such. And so Jesus is saying, you can choose to let me be your Lord. You can choose to honor God and serve God. Or you can choose to serve mammon, which is money. It's the Greek word for money. It's mammonas. And it means avarice or wealth, treasure or riches. Each individual must decide. The choice is, who will you become a bond slave to? Who will you choose to obey? Who will you choose to surrender yourself to? The Bible speaks in the Old Testament in Exodus about a willingness, a pierced ear slave that had served a master for a while. And it was time for that slave to be set free. But that slave said, I don't want to serve anybody else. I don't want to live anywhere else. I don't want to go anywhere else. I want to stay with you and serve you forever. Please let me serve you forever. And in that case, they would take that person to the doorpost and they would pierce his ear with an awl. And this is what Paul uses when he uses the term doulos in the Greek, meaning a bond servant or a bond slave. We will serve someone. But when we choose to serve the Lord, that is when we're truly blessed. We will become a bond slave to someone. It will either be God the Lord or it will be riches and wealth, Jesus is saying here. Jesus says that whichever one you choose, you're going to love and be loyal to that one and you're going to hate or despise the other. Which one do you choose? It is your choice. 
in first john chapter 2 verse 15 it speaks of loving not the world nor the things that are in the world because if you choose to love the world if you choose to love and serve money and the things of this world and the security that supposedly is offered by that which is fleeting my friend you become an enemy of god if you make that choice you cannot serve both together now jesus has the solution you cannot serve both together one will bless you the other will eat you up and spit you out riches and wealth will eat you up and spit you out they will make you a slave a slave to fear or a slave to worry or a slave to anxiety or a slave to depression a slave to these things you will be a slave to your job what we might call a workaholic you become enslaved to that you never can have enough you feel like you've always got to do more or you've got to add to your savings or add to your retirement because you're always afraid you're always scared you're caught up in worry and in fear now is our job important oh yes it's very important to provide for us but jesus is teaching us through the whole of scripture do not let it control you don't be a slave to it don't keep pursuing money and not god or pursuing money in place of god or pursuing money in a way that it pushes out god because you don't have enough time you're crashed at night you get up early in the morning and you're a slave to your job you're a slave to pursuits of money and wealth and provision because you can't rest you have no trust jesus is teaching us here that god is our provider and he is the one that sets us free from workaholism and the pursuits of worldly riches. Jesus continues to explain why our choice is critical and how it is that if we choose to be a slave to him, if we become a pierced ear willing slave to him instead, we don't have to worry. We, yes, we must do our part, but he does the rest. In verses 25 through 34 of Matthew chapter 6, he connects it right here. He says, first, therefore, tying directly what he is about to say to what he just said about not serving two masters and serving him so that your eye is full of light. Jesus guarantees this when he says, I say to you, do not worry about your life. Some versions say, take no thought. He specifically gets in here to food and drink and body and clothing, all of it representing provisions for health, clothing, basic needs. And he says, do not worry. Do not take any thought. It's interesting, too, that the word he chose to use here for not is a qualified negation. In other words, it means you get to choose. You can choose to worry or you can choose not to worry. His encouragement to you is choose not to worry. Don't be anxious about it. That's what this word is talking about. Take no thought. Don't be anxious. It's like being agitated all the time. Think about maybe a washing machine and the agitator in that that just cannot rest. It's someone who's troubled or weighted down with cares and distractions all the time, expending careful thought, 
concerning yourself and being occupied with it, being troubled with cares. The idea here is this thing will keep you up at night. It's always on your mind. It's consuming you. It's distracting you. And it's destroying things in your life. For instance, can you set your thoughts and your concerns about money or about provision or whatever it is, can you set it aside to enjoy a family night and playing games together as a family or watching a movie as a family? Can you set it aside to go to dinner with your family without getting onto your cell phones or getting onto business calls or allowing business interruptions? Can you enjoy a date with your family, a weekend perhaps, to the beach or going to baseball games together or something else? Can you get good sleep and rest at night? knowing that you've done the best you can for that day and you're at peace with that or not. Can you do any of these things or others that may come to your mind or not? Do we all have responsibilities in life? Oh, yes. When you look at the whole counsel of God, the entirety of the word of God, you will find passages such as what Paul says. If someone doesn't work, they don't eat. So work, is also a very good thing. There's no idleness in scripture that's approved by God. God instituted that we should work. Even before sin came into the Garden of Eden, God had established the principle of work. Work is a joy and a blessing, especially if you marry your work, your job, with what you love to do. What are you called and skilled to do? What brings you joy in completing it? God intended work to be rewarding. A farmer, his reward is his harvest and his crop. After all that he's poured into, all the labors he's done. An athlete, his reward is in doing his best, even if he loses. A business owner, his reward is in providing excellent service and product for fair prices and having those repeat customers that come back and forth year after year or day after day that will buy from him because he has done a good job or she has done a good job. The reward is really doing what you love and being good at it, doing it with skill and excellence. Jesus is not speaking here against work and providing for your family and your needs. He's simply saying, don't let it consume you. Do your best and trust the God who provides for what you cannot do. Keep your priorities in check. God and your relationship with him must be first and foremost. Remember, he said in this passage in Matthew 6, 33, to seek first the kingdom of God. The first thing in your life is to be your relationship with him. Don't let your cares of life and your job and workaholism or whatever push him out. Don't let it push out the time. Reprioritize your life if you need to so that your relationship with him, living with him and for him, and having that deep communion with him and conversation with him and time with him is of the forefront in your life. Then he will add the rest. He could give you extra blessings somehow. He can provide raises or promotions at your job or perhaps a better job with better hours, better pay. 
He can give you wisdom also in spending and saving what he has provided. He can give you the wisdom to form a budget that's livable for you, that's something within what you can spend and save. He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you blessings in various ways. The reason that we can live free from worry and sleep well at night is because he is our provider. He is our great caregiver. He knows our needs and provides for his children. Our times are in his hands. He even knows the days of our death, the date of our death, our graduation to heaven for the Christian. But until then, he cares for his kids. He provides for them like a great father would. He wants us to live free and in peace and trust. He is our provider. Praise God for the truth that Jesus is bringing. He is Yeshua, the son of David, and he is our provider. I pray that this has been a blessing to you today and that you can join us again for future messages brought to you through Covenant Truth Ministries and for the remainder of this series, Yeshua, son of David, exploring Matthew's gospel. May the Lord bless you today in Jesus' name. Amen.